welcome to the Career Medis Podcast. I am your host, Nisar Ahmed. I'm the founder and editor of the blog, careermedis.com. And this is episode seven of the Career Medis Podcast. And this is episode is part of the expert series. And to, for today's expert uh, series episode, I'm interviewing Kara Ronan from executiveimpressions.com. And uh, in a moment, I'll ask Kara to talk a little bit about herself, but I have a brief introduction that I've received from Kara, and I'd like to read it. And here's the introduction I have for Kara. Um, Kara Ronan is a business etiquette and social skills expert. Her unique approach has been featured in Time Inc., The Daily Muse, YFS Magazine, and many more. She's regularly interviewed on prominent podcasts and was ranked as one of the top 100 leadership experts to follow on Twitter. You can get social skills training by Kara in her new video course, Business Etiquette 101, Social Skills for Professional Success. So, Kara, uh, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Nisa. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Now, first of all, I just, you know, I'm a... I'm very pick. I'm very picky in particular about this. I want to make sure I got your name right. Is it Kara Ronan? <laughs> that's exactly right. Yes. Okay. Wonderful. Phew. <laughs> that's that's great. Um, so, Kara, I read your introduction. I mean, one of the reasons, uh, one of the reasons we got connected is you were listed as a top expert on, on leadership on Twitter. That's how we came to. I, I reached out to you. We connected on LinkedIn. But I think it'll. It's. I always like my guests to give their version of their introduction, if they can introduce themselves. Tell the audience who they are, uh, what they do. Would you, would you, uh, could you help us with that, uh, a brief yeah. introduction? Yeah, sure, absolutely, I'd love to. Well, I am Australian. Uh, maybe some of your listeners would have already been able to pick that from my accent, but I am Australian and uh, I run a business called Executive Impressions and it's mainly an online training business. I have recently started to get into in-person training and workshops and things like that uh, here in Australia, but up until now, it has mainly been online. So I have a, a blog where I have a ton of articles all about social skills in business, business etiquette. Uh, they cover topics such as networking, uh, how to uh, have conversations with people, how to dress appropriately for business, and a, a ton of other topics like that. And as you mentioned, I recently uh, have a video course on Udemy, which is called Business Etiquette 101. Uh, I guess the uh, I've been running my business for about three years, and the journey up until starting my business was quite interesting. I I did university. I went to university here in Australia, like you know many people do. I have a Bachelor of, of Business, and when I was at uni, I, I remember looking around at the class, and there would have been about two or 300 other students in the same degree as me, and I remember thinking, when I graduate, how am I going to be different from these 200 or 300 other students? How am I going to differentiate myself? And it was at that point that I thought, okay, well, I need to learn something that the, all the other students here uh, haven't learned and don't know. And that's when I started to learn Japanese. I decided, okay, well, I'm going to learn something. I want to learn a language because uh, I always thought it was really cool, uh, people who could speak different languages. So I started learning Japanese. And uh, I spent five years living in Japan. After that, I uh, then lived in 
France because I love, you know, the international life and living in different cultures and countries. So I've also lived five years in France. And it was when I was in France that I actually started my business executive impressions. Uh, so yeah, that was about three years ago and now I'm back in Australia and I am still running my, my business, launching new products and new services all the time. Wow. Wonderful. Uh, yeah, thanks for talking about your journey, right? Because I am always curious how, uh, someone got where they are today. And, um, and I, I've read your blog. I think you've also uh, contributed articles to my blog, Korean Metis. Uh, right. you talk about, uh, you write about a lot of uh, information that is very relevant, right? Regardless of their, if they are in Australia, Canada, India, US, um, the things that you talk about in terms of networking, LinkedIn, uh, communication skills, it's very, very relevant. And that's actually good to know that it's universal, right? Uh, the things that you need to improve your career is very universal. Yeah, um, absolutely. So before, and, and those are some of the things I want to explore in today's call, today's interview, but you mentioned Australia. And of course, <laughs> I don't think there's any person out there who is listening to this who has never been fascinated by visiting <laughs> Australia. So tell me, uh, which city in Australia are you from? Okay, so I'm from Perth and uh, it's, on the, it's in Western Australia and it's known to be the most isolated city in the world. Uh, I think the closest the closest capital city to Perth would be Adelaide, which I, I've never been there, but I think it might take about four hours by plane. And uh, also close is going to Singapore. So it's a completely different country. So it's very isolating. <laughs> that, that's interesting because where Australia is located, uh, it, it's, it's very close to Asia. And I think mm. Japan shouldn't be that far, right? I mean... I'm assuming it's a few hours flight. So you have Singapore, you have Japan. Uh, so it's, it's, it's located yeah. in a very good spot that is connected to major markets. Absolutely. Yeah, Japan is about eight hours flight from Perth, where I am. Uh, Singapore is only five hours. So it's very close. Uh, Indonesia is very close as well. Uh, so yeah, Australia does a lot of business with Asia. And I think that was one of the reasons why I was fascinated with with Japanese and learning about Japanese language and culture is because growing up you hear so much about it and you hear you hear that it's that Japan back then anyway was very important to Australia for business and I was studying a business degree so I thought if I knew about Japanese language and culture that would give me a bit of a, a level up when I went to look for a job and uh, in the business was working in the business world and it actually worked. That, that's uh, interesting, right? Uh, because you mentioned you mentioned in your journey, you started in Australia, went to Japan and France. Um, so that just shows you, I mean, you're a living example that uh, it's encouraging for others who are listening, even myself, that the world is no more, uh, you're not bound by a particular city or a country. The, the, because of technology, because of technology, uh, English being very globalized, it is, your options are unlimited. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I mean, nowadays, a lot of the business world 
a lot of business is done in English. So if you can speak English, if you can interact in a Western business environment, you have a huge advantage. A lot of the people who I work with, a lot of the people who visit my blog and, and um, watch my videos on YouTube and things like that are from countries and they, they aspire to, to be uh, suitable to work in a Western business culture. They want to know how to interact properly or interact according to the Western business etiquette. They want to know how to communicate according to Western business etiquette. Uh, so it is very important to learn those skills. But having said that, uh, it does not mean if you learn about Western business etiquette that you're going to be successful in, for example, a Japanese business environment because business is done very differently over there. Um, there's a lot of emphasis on forming relationships. You should not be so direct when you communicate. Uh, there's a lot of nuances that you have to learn when you're operating in different countries. But what I aim to to teach people is a standard of of Western business etiquette for uh, for when they go to look for a new job or when they want to move up to say a leadership position. Uh, from where they are now. That, uh, what you just mentioned, brings up uh, a question that I wanted to ask, and I think mm-hmm. uh, that is one of the things that we want to talk to in today's interview, right? Uh, the whole po- aspect of communication skills or social skills. Um, yeah. Now, there is, I have been on the other side. I have had a brief experience working as a recruiter uh, in, in IT. Okay. One of the things, and as you know, IT is very, very relevant on their technical skills. Uh, they have to be good at what they do in terms of the technology. So I've come across, and I'm sure any recruiter listening to this can say that, they have come across lots and lots of individuals who are extremely good on paper mm-hmm. when it comes to their technical skills. But where many come short is their communication skills. So that is, I, I, and this is, uh, some people call it soft skills, some people call it social skills, right? and uh, communication skills. And to be honest, even myself, I think I can improve on my communication skills. Everybody is on a different plane. <laughs> so, Cara, the question I have is, how does one get started? Let's say they, they are right now, wherever they are, they are in position A, and they, how do they get started to get to the next level? Like, where do they start the journey? Right, that is a great question, and it's fantastic the the point you brought up previous to the question about how people can have fantastic technical skills. They can be very educated, very good at the technical side of uh, their job, but they sometimes lack in the soft skills and communication skills, and it's very, very common. It's actually more common than than what many people think. Um, where to start when you are in that position, you know, how do you start learning the social skills that you need for business? There are many areas to focus on. They could be networking skills, conversation skills, uh, how to create appropriate outfits. They could be how to interact with people online. So there's so many different areas to focus on. But if I could choose one area for people to start, I would definitely advise my clients, like if it was a client coming to me for advice, I would say the first thing you need to focus on is your outfit. And the reason I say that is 
Because when you go into an interview, when you walk into the interview room, if you are going for your first job or if you are already employed and you're interviewing for a promotion, anytime you walk into a room, the first thing other people are going to notice is what you're wearing. It's just a natural human um, reaction that we have. Uh, for example, imagine if you're walking down the street and you see somebody who is approaching you from the opposite direction, the very first thing you're going to notice about them to kind of identify who they are, whether they uh, are approachable and friendly or whether maybe you should move out of the way for that person, the first thing you're going to look at to, uh, to make those judgments and decisions about that person is what they're wearing. And the exact same thing happen, happens during interviews. So if I could advise people where to start, definitely look at your outfit and make sure that your outfit is professional. Um, it, re it does depend on what industry you work in, but just by going with the basics, you know, you definitely need to have a suit. You definitely need to have that suit in a navy blue or a charcoal. Or if, it's, if you're a businesswoman, you can also opt for black. Uh, make sure your shirt is ironed and clean. Uh, one of the biggest mistakes you can make with your professional dress is having clothing that is dirty or ripped or, or too provocative as well. And this probably goes more for women than men, but that is that's one of the biggest mistakes you can have. And it immediately detracts from your professional image, from your professional reputation. So, if you're going to start somewhere, look at your outfit and make sure that it's professional. Yeah, the, you know, one thing that came to my mind, Cara, <laughs> when you're talking about is, um, it's, I, I think we've all heard about the old adage or the old phrase that uh, first impressions make or break your relationships, right? And uh, and that that is before you even, let's say you walk into an interview, and I totally agree with you. Before you even say the first word or you, sh you reach out your hand to shake the other person's hand, they've already made some subconscious decisions about you based on the way you dress. Yeah, right? absolutely. And it's interesting. I was not expecting you to talk about business uh, attire, but <laughs> now that I think about it, it makes total sense because it, it, is, it, is, a it is a whole package, right? And... Thanks for giving like, specifics about colors and clothing. Uh, I think that is <laughs> being on. I've been on the other side where for me, I mean, if I'm interviewing someone, uh, especially if it is a, a, a male candidate and they come without a tie or a suit, all of a sudden, uh, and I, I know this is not fair, but my mind starts making judgments and that just affects your decision making process. Yeah. And yeah. And I think one of the things, maybe you can reiterate this thing saying, yeah, this sounds like it is not fair. Like some people might say, hey, no, they should look at the way I work instead of the way I dress. But I think it's not the case. People do make judgments based on the way you dress. Can you clarify that? Because yeah. you coach clients on this, right? Yeah, absolutely. This is uh, one of the main focus areas. Uh, and you are absolutely right, Uh you never get a second chance to make a first impression. And as as much as we don't like to judge a book by its cover, you know, there is a, we're kind of told, oh, you should get to know the other person first before you make judgments. The, the natural human instinct is to make judgments. 
about people as soon as we meet them. A study done by researchers at New York University at NYU, uh, and they found that in the first seven seconds when you meet somebody, 11 decisions are made about you. And this is, you know, in seven seconds, you probably don't even have, you probably haven't even had the chance to talk to that person. You probably just opened the door, taken a couple of steps inside the room and have maybe held out your hand to shake the other person's hand. And in seven seconds, 11 decisions have already been made about you. And they could be decisions, for example, are you somebody to approach or avoid? Uh, are you trustworthy and competent? Uh, are you uh, friendly? Uh, a variety of decisions are made in those seven seconds. So it is extremely imp important that your outfit uh, conveys the impression that you want others to make about you. Wow, seven seconds, and yeah. <laughs> most most interviews last like thirty minutes to sixty minutes, and seven seconds is is nothing but eleven decisions. So that that is critical. So that just reinforces what we just discussed. So yeah, anyone listening to this, if you're going to an interview, make sure you wear out your best attire. Absolutely. And if you want to learn more about the whole seven seconds and first impressions, I created a video that's on my YouTube channel. So it's free for anyone to watch. So just uh, search for Cara Ronan on YouTube and uh, you'll find my channel and it's amongst all the videos there. So have a look at that and you can learn all about seven second first impressions. Yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for that uh valuable ad there so what i will do is when i'm writing out a summary i'll add that link uh, along with the text uh, when i'm submitting publishing this episode oh, so thanks for that yeah good. yeah so i was taking notes so you spoke about three things in communications right conversation networking online so before conversation you talked about the importance of attire so i think uh, you myself and everybody agrees that is important now yeah. uh, conversation now this is this is, uh, I think it's a broad topic, but uh, what are some of the things, maybe there are two or three things that people can start improving right away to make an impactful conversation. So what are your suggestions on how to improve that? That's a great question because when you do finally start talking to the other person, you have to make sure that you sound intelligent and that you can connect with the other person. That's that's probably the most important thing, being able to connect with somebody. Uh, so for conversations, what I would uh, suggest people to do is to ask a lot of questions about the other person. Um, we all love to talk about ourselves. Uh, there's, a, there's a saying going around that, that goes something like, people love to talk about themselves. And it is so true. If you start a conversation and you ask, the other person, where are you from? Uh, what do you do on the weekend? What do you do in your job? You know, uh, where do you go for your holidays? What's your favorite destination? Your hobbies, a variety of topics like that. People will love to talk about their life and about what they do. So the first piece of advice is to ask a lot of questions uh, when you're in a conversation with somebody. And when you do that, the other person is going to walk away with a positive impression about you because if during a conversation you can make the other person like you 
then they're going to relate that that happy, positive feeling back to you. So when you've finished your conversation and when they are talking about you to somebody else the next day or the next week uh, in their office, they're going to be talking about you in a positive way. So your aim during the conversation should be to get the other person to to like you and also to know you. And later on, you can then work on the whole trust element. That's part of the uh, know, like, and trust, which is really important in business. Uh, but it's something that is developed over time. It can't be developed in the one conversation. So for a first conversation, I would just advise to ask lots of questions, try and get the other person to like you. Another strategy you can use to get the other person to like you is to find a similarity with that person. The One of the most powerful ways to get somebody to like you is to find a similarity with them because we like people who are like us. Um, you know, imagine if you're at a networking event and you, you start a conversation with somebody and you realize you grew up in the same town or the same city or maybe you went to the same school or maybe you uh, visit the same holiday destinations you're going to have that positive energy because you both like the same thing and that's really going to help contribute to your conversation and creating a positive atmosphere between you and the other person so they're just a, a couple of tips for first conversations that I that I'd let your listeners know about so if I could recap what he just said, uh, Clara, it is uh, make your most important thing is uh, ask questions, try to find common elements, similarities. And the more you ask questions, uh, the more they uh, open up, they, they, they start liking you. And that's a great way to build a conversation. Actually, uh, what, I think it's a great, con a great life hack, right? Because Let's say you run out of things to say. You can just ask them questions, and they'll keep talking. <laughs> so it's, I think it's easy because I'll be honest. Even myself and anybody else I've spoken to, whether it's social or work situations, yeah. they always have concerns about running out of things to say. Mm. But uh, what he just mentioned is a great hack right there. You, you don't have to keep talking. You just have to ask questions, and they will talk. <laughs> exactly, absolutely, and especially if you're more of an introvert, there are there are many people who are more on the introverted side and don't like talking to strangers and don't like going to networking events for that exact reason because they don't want to be standing there with with nothing to say. It's a great fear for many people. So uh, have a few questions prepared in your mind. Uh, you can also keep your you're reading newspaper articles, you know, and just keep a couple of topics in mind, something maybe happened recently in the news. And you can go into networking events with questions about those topics. So it's a great strategy to use to uh, avoid those awkward silences. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, a conversation you mentioned on this as well, right? You mentioned about the English language, uh, working in a business, uh, Western business world, uh, even countries like Singapore, uh, the English is India, uh, English is Vietnam. I can give you multiple countries in Asia who have adopted English to do business with the Western mm -hmm. world. Um, now, I want to ask something really interesting. So we all know who is, I mean, of course, this interview is in English. Uh, 
everything I write is in English, the people yeah. listening to it, everything is in English. You brought up something very interesting and I wrote this down because the beginning of the interview, you talked about you learning Japanese. Right. Um, so everybody focuses on English, which is great, which is, I think, uh, the bare minimum if you want to succeed in today's uh, uh, highly connected, globalized world. But uh, you said that learning a new language has helped you in your career, has helped you with new experiences. Um, and I read a lot about this. Every website, they talk about why you should Time Magazine, Fortune Magazine. They talk about having being bilingual, multilingual. Mm. Um, so is that, uh, I know for some people like me, it's a hobby, but do you think that helps with um, with your career or your, your professional career? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Um, that's a, a great question, and I it really comes down to whether the person, whether the individual wants to uh, live and work in a different country and in a different language. Uh, for me, I did. I wanted to live in Japan, and I wanted to work uh, in Japan, and that meant I had to learn Japanese. Uh, and I was always fascinated with other cultures and, and other languages as well. If you are somebody who has always lived in your home country, uh, whatever language you speak in your home country, if you've always lived in your home country, then it might not be necessary for you to learn a second language. But having said that, what would be helpful is for you to learn the cultural codes of other cultures and, and other countries. Because even if you're doing business purely in your home country, even if you never travel um, to other countries for business, you the, the chances are you're going to come across somebody who is from a different culture. And that could be a client, it could be a colleague you work with, it could be your new boss. But chances are that you're going to come across somebody who has grown up with a different cultural background. So it is extremely important for you to have an open mind, to have a bit of an understanding about what that, that other cultural background could um, could include, you know, what are the cultural codes, what body language, how do you communicate with that with people from that culture uh, to to create an effective uh, business relationship. So going back to your your question, as for languages, it is not essential. Um, it does help because in the eyes of a employer they will see that and they'll think this person is proactive. This person has gone outside of what they were told they should learn and they have taken it on themselves to go and learn another language. So it, it does have a lot of positive impact in your career and in your job. Um, it's work. But if you want to go down that, that path, then I think there will be a lot of uh, – positive results waiting for you on the other side. Wonderful. So uh, what I just heard is it's not mandatory, will not break your career. However, having it makes a good impression from an employer's perspective. It shows initiative. It shows that you're proactive. And the, every employer, I think, looks for those underlying skills, right? They want to see someone who is uh, thrives in a flexible environment, uh, they yeah. want someone who's adaptive. So, yeah, I mean, there are benefits, but what I'm hearing is it's not necessary, it's not mandatory, but it always helps. Absolutely. It always helps. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Wonderful. So, 
Now we spoke a lot about uh, conversation skills, which is verbal, and you know, also we spoke about attire, which is mostly geared towards face-to-face, right? Um, and that's how humans have communicated for thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. Now things have changed recently, uh, as as you and I connected on LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, and now we are doing this interview using Skype. So technology has changed a lot. Uh, I, I think for the better. Uh, so something like LinkedIn, which is widely used uh, by most professionals around the world, how does that come into picture when we talk about the entire social skills or communication skills? So, uh, so what is your thoughts on LinkedIn? We'll start with that, and then we can build on it. So okay. LinkedIn, in in the business world, what are your thoughts? Okay, great. Uh, well, LinkedIn is extremely important. And if you are not on LinkedIn now, if you don't have a profile, then get one immediately as soon as this interview finishes. Because recruiters will go immediately to LinkedIn when they see your resume land on their desk. They will look for you on LinkedIn and have a read about who you are, what your experience is, your, a bit about your personal summary. We might get into that a little bit later on, but that's a very important thing to include. Uh, And uh, recruiters also look for candidates using LinkedIn. So if you're not on LinkedIn and a recruiter is searching, for example, for an IT professional, they'll put in the keyword search for IT professional in the, the city, wherever they are. And if you're not there, then your profile won't appear and you you could lose out on being nominated for that job or being invited in for an interview for that job. So you need a LinkedIn profile. It is really extremely, extremely important nowadays. Yeah, I I think that breaks the paradigm, right? The whole, uh, for example, everybody, let's say you're out of school or you're in a new country, you're trying to find a job. Uh, The reason it's hard to find a job because nobody knows you. Yeah. Uh, so you 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 are apply, you're going to job boards. You're applying like everybody else, uh, but LinkedIn gives you that advantage where you are being found instead of you going out to find them, find employers, employers yeah. and recruiters are finding you. So that's uh, it. Just changes the paradigm. It does absolutely yes. Okay, and uh, what about uh, community? Um, of course, with LinkedIn, it's it's uh, you don't necessarily see the person or talk to the person. So a lot of the things that you mentioned uh, in terms of communication skills and how does one build connection on LinkedIn? Because if, as you said, if LinkedIn is so important for recruiters to find you, how do you build yourself on LinkedIn? Yeah, that is a, a great question. And it really comes in two parts. First, you need to build your, your profile. And a lot of people make the mistake of thinking that LinkedIn is just like another resume, just like your CV, when it is completely different. LinkedIn is far uh, deeper. It is. It offers a lot more than just than your resume does. It allows you to put your all your experience there, your your skills, just like your resume would. But on top of that, it allows you to build credibility in business, and this is very important if you're just starting out in the business world, if you've just finished your degree, you're a young professional and you're looking for your first job or maybe just your second job and you don't have a lot of experience, you need to be able to prove to uh, recruiters or potential employers that you are competent 
and that you are credible and that they should invite you in for an interview and that they should hire you. So you can prove all of this on your LinkedIn profile if you craft it properly. And the first thing you need to uh, focus on is your picture. You've heard this probably a million times before and we talked before about uh, your outfit and first impressions. Well, the same happens on LinkedIn when people look at your profile. They actually, and actually studies have shown that when people look at a web page or, or something on uh, a screen, they actually form their first impression in about two seconds. So you have much less than seven seconds that we talked about before when you meet somebody in person. When somebody looks at your LinkedIn profile, it's actually two seconds. So within two seconds, they're going to look at your picture. It's the first thing they're going to look at. And you, you need to have a picture that impresses the other person and does not make them want to click away and look at the next profile that comes up. So you need to have your picture you need to have all the vital information filled out. So that's your experience, that's your education, that's any awards that you have received, that's languages, if you speak other languages. If you have written any publications, post those online. If you have created any important reports or uh, assignments or proposals at university, uh, or even just on your own, maybe you have a personal project, you can also upload those to your LinkedIn profile. That could be in the form of PDF or video or a slideshow or something like that. But it helps to show people what you're capable of. It helps to show them uh, what you are interested in and it gives them more reasons to invite you in for an interview and to hire you. Mm. So even if it is online, first impressions do matter. So absolutely, uh, take your time to have a good picture, fill up your profile. So it is uh, the whole point of LinkedIn is to engage them in a conversation, and your profile has to do that. Okay, yes. that's uh, that's fair enough. And you know what? I've, I'm very active on LinkedIn. Uh, I've always used it in the past when I'm applying uh, when I was looking for a new position. And my even in my career, in my full-time career, I do have. I'm always on LinkedIn trying to find uh, professionals to connect with. Right. So uh, I I can vouch uh, LinkedIn being extremely extremely useful, and uh, and there is no replacement. I mean, there is a it, it's it's it, it is very good at. It's a great tool for networking. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, now I would not do justice if I did not ask you about leadership because you are. <laughs> As I mentioned in your introduction, one of the top leadership experts uh, to follow on Twitter. So that is something I want to spend some time, and I'm sure the le listeners would enjoy this. Uh, leadership, uh, first of all, I wanted to understand, wh what is your definition of leadership? Oh, that's a brilliant question. So my, defin de my definition of leadership is somebody who looks up to opportunities that are one step higher than where they are currently, than where they are now. Somebody who's always looking forward, somebody who's always looking up and is making the commitment and is creating those opportunities to make them happen. Wow, that, that's very interesting because that was, uh, that's a very new definition of leadership. 
And there's a reason I asked that question, Kara, because uh, the word leadership, it, you're thinking about managers, somebody who's a CEO, somebody who is, uh, somebody who is, uh, has subordinates, but your definition, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, implies that anybody is a leader if they really look up to improve themselves. Yeah, absolutely. It could. It doesn't necessarily have to be in business either. Uh, you could be, I, I like to tell my clients, you know, to be a leader of your own life. And it just simply means to take charge, to make those decisions and make things happen. One of the biggest mistakes or the the biggest obstacles, I guess, of, of people who are looking toward leadership is that they they wait for those opportunities to happen when when those people who are actually in leadership positions they don't wait around uh, sit around waiting for for leadership positions to just fall in their lap and be or be handed to them they actually make those things happen and you can take a variety of steps in your life maybe it, it might require you to continue studying it might require you to learn a new skill. It might require you to put your hand up for a promotion inside your company. But what's important if you are wanting to move into a leadership position that you actually make and create those opportunities for yourself. Yeah, I think that is very encouraging uh, for myself and anybody listening to this because uh, it does it does put a lot of people, many people disqualify themselves when they hear leaders because some, they would argue, oh, I'm just starting out. It'll take me, uh, I'm only just, just starting out in this company, in my career. It'll take me a while to get to that position. So people can start today oh, on yeah. improving themselves. That, 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 that is encouraging. That is amazing to hear. Um, so in terms of leadership skills, you mentioned a few things about taking new directions, um, where does somebody start? Uh, let's say, let's take uh, someone who's just uh, graduated, just started their first job, and they're ambitious. Where do they get started? Right. Well, like you just mentioned before, uh, you can start any time to be a leader, no matter what position you are in. Even if you have just finished your degree and you're starting your first job, you can decide, okay, I am going to learn uh, the leadership skills necessary to move up to the, the next position above me, well, you know, the next position that you want to move to after you finish your, your current job. Um, one of the differences uh, between leaders and non-leaders, and this is something that I talk about in um, my training when I train with people about leadership, is that there's a different mindset when you're a leader. You look at things differently. You make decisions differently. You have a broader view. You have a, a global view of things. Um, when, when you are just an employee and you don't have much ambition and you're okay in your, your current job, you will make decisions based on that narrow uh, definition of your job, based on your your um, what your job description allows you to do but when you are a leader you think beyond that you think okay well if I um, if I'm going to work on this proposal for for this client then how does that impact our department how does that impact our 
company or our organization as a whole. So leaders are always thinking of the big picture. And that is one of the, the areas that I would advise people to start with just you know you you started your first job you graduated from university or college you started your first job approach that job with a bit more of a broader mindset than you probably would as a simple employee approach it with the mindset of a leader and that is a great starting point to get you to kind of propel you forward in your career interesting Uh, very interesting so when you have the mindset, I've heard this many times, uh, right? When you have the right mindset, I think things will fall into your uh, in your path. Opportunities will show up. So, and I think that's a huge distinction between leaders and non-leaders because they start off right away thinking like leaders, right? People who want to. Be. So that is that's important. That's a uh, that's a great great uh, insight there. Uh, one, of course, you mentioned at the beginning, Kara, about the Udemy course. Uh, I, I'm curious to hear. Can you tell us a little bit more about the course you have and how uh, anyone uh, listening to this might be able to benefit from it? Yeah, I'd love to. So the course is available on Udemy. It's called Business Etiquette 101, Social Skills for Professional Success. And it is a video course, a four-hour long video course. All the videos are very high quality. And I really go in-depth into topics. For example, I, I start with how to develop the know, like, and trust factor, which is extremely important in business and it is actually uh, one of the focus points throughout the entire course. So the first section is about know, like and trust. The second is about how to create an executive wardrobe, how to avoid dress mistakes and um, how to dress for your industry, which is an exciting video. Then I go on to networking and how to conduct yourself at networking events, how to talk with people, who to talk with. Uh, then a huge section is about conversation skills, how to have conversations with people and sound intelligent, which is uh, a worry that I, I know a lot of people who are starting out in their career. That's one of the worries they have, you know, how to, I often hear this question, how do I talk with somebody who is a senior executive and, you know, sound intelligent? So I give you some tips in that section there. And then I finish up with how to create your online presence as a professional. So it's a fantastic um, course that will give you a lot of uh, a great solid foundation for your career. And even if you have been working for a number of years, if you're an experienced professional, it's a fantastic refresher for how to interact better and how to communicate better in the business environment. So it's available on Udemy and I believe uh, there'll be a link on the show notes page for this podcast. So you just click on the link and that will take you directly to the the course. And there's also some preview videos that you can watch for free so you can get a feel of what it's like. Yeah, I will. uh, I'll definitely add a link. uh, As I mentioned at the summary section of this interview. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, sounds like all the things that we talked about today, you you expand during the course. So sounds sounds very very interesting and uh, sounds yeah. like it'll uh, be something people will get a lot of value out of. So uh, the final uh, question, um, if uh, Karat, uh, thanks yeah. so much uh, for your time. I learned a lot. I'm sure anyone else listening to this have as well. 
Um, so you mentioned about the course. If someone listened to this right now, had some questions and they wanted to reach out to you, what is the best way uh, to get in touch with you? Sure. Well, I am very present on Twitter. My, uh, my handle is at Exec Impressions. Uh, LinkedIn is a, another platform that I use a lot. So just find me on LinkedIn and send me an invite. I'd be really happy to connect with you. Uh, or you can go straight to my website and the URL is executive-impressions.com. And on that website, then you can find um, a lot of videos, a lot of articles, and there's also a free download that you can uh, you can get and access directly on the website. It's about seven seven social skills, uh, seven days to you know social skills to drive your business success. So it's a fantastic PDF training, free training that you can access on my website. Wonderful. Thank you. Uh, thanks for spending time with us. Uh, thanks for the, uh, the the information as well. I'll make sure to include them. Uh, thanks for joining all the way from Australia. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, we learned a lot. Uh, and uh, do you have any final words uh, before we conclude this interview? Well, I just want to thank you very much, Nisa, for inviting me and for, for talking with me, allowing me to share my, my knowledge with, with your listeners. And the one last thing, a message I guess I'd like people to walk away with is just remember that your technical skills are important, but your social skills, that's really what you're evaluated on when you go for interviews and when you finally start working in teams and working with other people. So don't forget about that side of your professional development. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, that's a, I mean, that's definitely the whole, uh, I think people listening to this understand that and there's something they want to improve on. So thanks for uh, wrapping that up. So uh, yeah, Kara, thanks very much. And uh, those who listen to this uh, podcast, uh, Thanks for your time. I, as myself, I'm sure you've got some value uh, and you've learned a lot. I've, as I mentioned many times during the interview, I've written a summary of the things that Kara has mentioned as part of a blog post on my website. If you liked what you heard, feel free to subscribe to the Career Medis podcast on iTunes. And for more content, ideas, tips, resources, go to careermedis.com. If you enjoyed the episode and learned something new, feel free to post a comment, uh, post a review. And if you really loved it, uh, definitely definitely go ahead and share the episode uh, with, uh, with your network. Until next time, this is Nisar Ahmad, your host for the Career Medis Podcast. Thank you.